You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Welcome along to the latest Today's Wills and Probate podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening in. This week, I am joined by Michael Edwards and Barry Matic of Property Solutions Group, formerly Executive Solutions. And we're going to talk about uh, the reasoning behind some of that today. Michael is Group Business Director. Barry is Group MD. Thank you both very much indeed for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us, David. Absolute pleasure. We'll launch right in, as uh, as we tend to do with these uh, podcasts, because we, we don't have a huge amount of time. I've identified the fact that you guys are now Property Solutions Group, previously Executive Solutions. But tell us about the origins of the idea for Executive Solutions. What is it that it did, it does, and the thinking behind launching the business? Uh, Executive Solutions came about um, because of our use of conveyance companies. And we had a solicitor and said they'd had a house that was a probate property that had it on the market for two years. Uh, Somebody I knew personally and said, could you dispose of this property for me? I'm really struggling to sell it and I know that you sell houses. So, you know, spoke to Michael about it. We looked at it and said, well, it's a property. Yeah, of course we can sell it. So it was rather fortunate that that the opportunity came to us more than anything else. Um, And we disposed of the property very quickly. Um, We got it sold, got it sold within three weeks. Uh, The sale went through and then she came back going, well, look, you've done such a good job here. Uh, I've got another one. Could you do the same thing? So we did the same. Uh, and then that was where the idea was born, going, there's got to be a marketplace here that nobody is filling uh, to help and take the time of solicitors having to deal with sales of property. So that's where Executive Solutions came to be founded from, uh, purely from an idea of going, there's a gap in the market here. What's the difference between what you do and what perhaps a traditional estate agent does then why why is it particularly important for probate practitioners that they use a specialist like like you guys um I, I think the key difference really is that we we get it um i think the problem that a lot of traditional high, high street agents have and i don't necessarily mean this in a detrimental way david is that they're, they're set up to take property on list it for homeowners and and, and get it sold very quickly the needs are just not quite the same so I think what we do, and this is from from Barry's previous business that he had, which we'll, we'll get on to later, I'm sure, um, applying that process that we've got of getting local agents involved. But what we're sort of providing, if you like, is it's like a management service. So it's really about understanding what the importance is for our clients. So probably a good example I'll give you is I'll go and talk to clients, David, and they'll say, look, we like using you because you you know when to call us and when not to so a traditional estate agent might pick up the phone and chase a chase someone you know a client three four five times a day now that's not a bad thing because that's what they've been trained to do but what we're bringing to the table is understanding what's important for our clients that's probably the key difference i'd say um 
and also and, and various businesses are all and are founded on this and this is what we we carry into the business today is doing what you say you're going to do um i don't think it's a it's a particular secret that some estate agents aren't particularly well thought of but i don't want to get involved into into that discussion there's a whole other podcast around that one david i'm sure um but i think ultimately we it's about understanding what the clients actually need um and i think there's a lot of businesses now who are starting to understand that um and that's why you're seeing there's lots of suppliers that are springing up that are focused around probate if you like in the legal industry um and, and that's the key difference is just understanding that it's not a standard sale it's not a standard house clearance it's not a standard you know whatever it is we we do um you have to bring that that specialist knowledge to it which has been a bit of a learning curve over the last few years for for all of us i think it's fair to say david you described yourself as a, a management company what yeah. kinds of things do you manage you manage the home sale but there, there must be a whole raft of other things that go into managing a, a probate sale it's the whole end-to-end thing, David. Really, I think, and I'm sure Barry will back me up on this. I think when we when we started um, back in 2015, was it Barry who started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few yeah. years ago now. Yeah, it was all started around right. Let's look at the probate valuation and the probate sale, and we did other stuff on the side. Um, but really, what we've come to realise is. Or what I think I, we've, I think we've come to realise, to be fair, David, is that actually solicitors or probate practitioners, whatever you want to call them, paralegals, do they really need a solution for getting a property valued and sold? Well, probably not. They do because they use the services, of course. But actually, the key thing is they need help with all the other stuff. So it's a lock change, it's insurance, it's clearance, it's all that stuff. Because getting that stuff done is difficult. Getting a house valued and sold is not difficult. They, they, they just weigh up their time against using our service they can put in one phone call to us and we manage all that or they can do it themselves um but what they do need solutions for is, is the other side of it so typically you know clients will come to us and they'll ask us to get their property insured then they need quotes for clearance and all the stuff that goes along with that so what we're trying to do is be let's say a management service so right from when you know someone walks into their office they've got an estate that needs to be settled right the way from when that person steps in their office or a file lands on their desk they can come to us right from day dot all the way through to when the property is disposed of and sold and we can do anything and everything in between and you mentioned the weird and wonderful stuff there david i found myself only what two three weeks ago now stood by the side of a pond at the back of a house trying to work out how many koi carp were in it because we needed to get them valued um that's probably the latest weird and wonderful one we've done but ironically enough we're becoming sort of known for that which i'm I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, actually, David, becoming known for the weird and wonderful, because we, we do like to do some of the, the easy day to day stuff as well, as most of us do. And I think the other key thing, David, is actually listening to what your clients want and the services they need. Um, that's the most important thing, because it's not a question of what we think they need. It's actually listening to what our clients are saying that they do require to make their life easier and give them the time back. So there's a lot of what Michael has said about the different services that we provide and and we're learning more and more. The property sale is the easy bit and it's making sure that we give them the other upfront and ahead services uh, for the maintenance, for the clearances, all the stuff that they have to go out and get two or three quotes for. Uh, whereas we can do that all, provide that all for them. Uh, and then they just have to choose the supplier that they wish to go for. Uh, and it's providing best value for the estate. 
so executive solutions as an identity makes sense because you're providing solutions for practitioners and executives you've now identified as property solutions group and gone through that rebrand what what was the thinking behind that um the thinking behind it well we did a lot of thinking david to be honest with you um but actually the the kind of origins and name property solutions group goes way back to a time when the word pandemic wasn't even in anyone's lexicon to be fair um we started thinking about this in the summer of 20 2019 and the that that time we had executive solutions we were starting to work with corporate protection teams trust teams matrimonial teams and all sorts of stuff um and we were at this kind of and to be fair, David, you'll probably you'll probably identify with us on this. At the time, we sort of had two or three kind of brands out there, uh, and all of a sudden, and Barry will tell you this: we're not we're not marketing specialists. That's not our bag, Dave. We're property people, and um, we just found ourselves getting a situation where we were going to have two or three different brands to manage, and the crossover between them, and all the challenges went with it. So we sort of thought, well, do we? Don't we? And we actually registered, um, changed the business name back in January 2020. Um, it's just that obviously we all know what happened in, in 2020. We just didn't really get around to it, did we, Barry? And um, it, it just makes sense really to do it because we're working now not just with executives, we're working with, um, like I said earlier, quarter protection teams, we're working with even criminal teams lately, uh, matrimonial teams. And the whole idea behind it is we, we'll go into a law firm and we just find we're working with so many different people. So it was like, well, actually, let's just be Property Solutions Group, a single source of services for the legal industry. So it doesn't matter what department you're in, we we can help because every department's got different needs, but it's all property related. So it, it just made perfect sense, to be fair. Having gone through a, a similar rebrand ourselves, we know it can be a bit of a painful process. But what lessons did you learn about rebranding along the way? Uh, well, I learned what rebranding means, David. That's for sure. There was all sorts of uh, there was all sorts of words thrown around, like brand transitions and and rebranding and and how we do it and when we do it. Um, and I'll and I'll kind of let Barry pick up on this next point. But we we talked for a while about when to do it and how to do it. And in the end, we were just like, you know what? We're just going to get on with it because people know us, people like us, people do business with people, and. Um, and and yeah, and it hasn't really. We we did it a little while ago. In the background, it's like I say, it's been that way for a while. People have known us as that, as the property solutions group for for some time. But it doesn't seem to really have made a huge impact yet on us as a business. Would you say that's a fair fair assessment from your point of view, Barry? Yeah, I think it is. It was it was trying to keep it simple, David. At the end of the day, and I remember having a conversation with uh, a Mr. Opie in a London taxi one day, <laughs> and uh, he was just going, "You just need to bite the bullet and do it." Um, and I think after our conversation, David, that was the point I went back and we spoke about it again and said, look, why are we waiting? Let's let's just get on with this. It's a name that covers every aspect for the legal sector. That's the advantage of it. It doesn't matter which part of it in you, whether you're in court of protection, whether you're uh, in probate sector, uh, it says what it does on the tin. And that's exactly what we want to be to the whole sector is we're going to be a supplier to you who has your best interests at heart, who's giving you value for money. Uh, and that's exactly what the name says. You had talked about the fact that you had different identities you're trying to bring together. You've recently sold part of the business, Barry. How did that come about and what does it mean for PSG moving forward? 
Yeah, I had another business, uh, Moving Made Easy, which was there again, property sector. I've spent my whole life in the property sector, uh, whether it be from an estate agent or the new build sector with Moving Made Easy coming into the probate sector. Moving Made Easy has been a great, great tool for Michael and I over the last, well, 2010, we set it up. And since then, Michael and I developed Moving Made Easy along with a business partner that I had. And, you know, it grew to a certain size the marketplace is a limited marketplace. So the opportunity came along to have interest in the company uh, and it gave us time back. Most important thing was giving us time to be able to focus on the next project for us, which is uh, Property Solutions Group. As Michael said earlier, we have some bizarre things that come across our desk, uh, whether it be from Nazi memorabilia, whether it be to Koi Carp, whether it's somebody going, can you relocate uh, this artwork out to Australia for us? we've had various chats in the past about uh, some of the weird and wonderful bits and pieces that you've found. And I remember chatting to somebody a little while ago about uh, a gun that they'd found and tried to hand in at the local police station before essentially being arrested for possession of a firearm before (laughs) they tried to explain the whole scenario. So, yeah, I I don't envy you your jobs at times because uh, what you find in clearances must be very bizarre. You talk there a little bit about the fact that the changes that are happening in the wills and probate industry is creating opportunities for you. What does a product roadmap, for want of a better word, look like for you guys? Product roadmap is, is an interesting interesting term, David, because we're always coming up with, with new ideas. Then they're all, nearly always born out of conversations with, um, with clients. Um, you know, car insurance was one that we, that we, that we do that um that was born out of a, a conversation with a client. We recently had a lunch uh, with with a law firm in Birmingham, and we were talking about some of the biggest challenges they were facing. And it was this is a court protection side of their business, and it's all to do with, recover, with recoverability of their fees. Um, the biggest challenge they've got is where they're just burning through fee earning time because ultimately they're wasting time going to property. They can't recover it all um, for for reasons that perhaps they'll better understand that, than I necessarily do. But over the course of conversation to have, do it with them, doing some research, we've sort of come up with a, a new product that we're looking to launch in the next couple of weeks. And when you sort of talk about a product roadmap, really, that's what our pro- product roadmap is. What else can we come up with, whether it is specific to a problem or specific to a part of the industry? That that's really what we're what we're trying to do. It's always um, it's always a challenge, isn't it? And you'll know this, David, in your business is actually right. What, what do we focus on, and what do we do next? Because there's nothing worse than going out there and doing something badly. So what Barry and I have learned over the last few years is let's just try and focus on one thing at a time and, and do it well, and then on to the ne- the next thing. Yeah, and I think Michael's right, David. It comes back to doesn't it? it it's delivering a service. The most important thing that any business has is their client base. Um, and if you look after your client base well, if you deliver a service that they're happy with, that's cost effective for the estate as well, not just necessarily probate, court protection also, then you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna tick the boxes that your client base requires. So it goes back to that simple simple thing of actually listening to what your clients want rather than telling your clients what you can offer them. And I suppose through your work in the probate property market you've got a pretty good handle on what's going on across the whole of the property sector at the moment talk us through some of the challenges that you see because it's it's quite a tough time out there in the property market isn't it 
I think the biggest struggle that everybody is coming up against at the moment is we've gone through a pandemic for two years. The marketplace for the property sector uh, literally went crazy uh, once everybody came out of lockdown. And that's been the case uh, ever since, really. Uh, mainly driven by a shortage of property. There's several bits here where the government promised there'd be 300,000 new build properties a year. Uh, they haven't hit that target ever, uh, and they're nowhere near it. We're building about 220,000 new build properties a year. So we're coming up short all the time, and that's putting property prices particularly under pressure, and we see 10% increases year on year. Well, that's just not sustainable. Um, so we've had a nice boom, but uh, with the way that the economy is and everything that's going on in the world, everybody's under pressure financially, uh, whether it be businesses or whether it be in your own personal finances. Um, we're all feeling the pinch right now. And this is something where you can see market conditions are going to tighten up. Interest rates are going up. Um, the disposable cash is going down. We don't see it changing in the short term, certainly. So I think there'll be some big questions coming up on the property market as to how it's going to navigate its way through this. So the property market's going to have a bit of a rough ride over the next 18 months, I would have thought. I can't see that uh, prices can sustain as they are. Do I think there'll be a drop in the marketplace? I think there'll be a slowdown in the marketplace. It all comes back to supply and demand at the end of the day. And we've got uh, the demand there. We just don't have the supply. And have you seen an increase in the number of probate properties coming to market? Yeah, there has been an increase in property, probate properties coming to the market. Uh, I think that's uh, part of the attraction uh, for executors mainly is that there are companies out there like us now who will be willing to maximise um, the, the price of any property there. And I say the demand for probate properties just seems to be increasing, increasing. The average time to sell a property in the UK at the moment is around about 36 to 40 days. Well, we undercut that every month. And what do you see in terms of that split between the executors who decide to retain the property, perhaps for rental income, against those that decide that they, they want to sell, they, they're going to dispose of the property? There is a mixture. Um, some people tend to keep their property within the family. They'll rent it out. Uh, with the changes to legislation after the last few years, the rental sector and uh, the advantage of just renting a property out uh, are not the same as they were. Legislation has changed uh, so that it becomes more and more expensive to rent a property out. And you find that la investment landlords there's not the number of investment landlords out there that there used to be. Well, that's a, that's indicative of the marketplace also. So that's another factor that is going to affect how the market moves forward. So I think to answer your question, there's a mixture of both. Some people still retain it within the family. Uh, other people just want to maximise uh, the return that they can get on the property. So where does the demand for probate property come from? Is it from the investors? Is it from first-time buyers? What, what, where are you seeing the demand for probate property coming from? Demand for probate property, I think a lot of first-time buyers would like to be able to enter this marketplace. It's very difficult for them to, purely because of the amount of deposit that you require to be able to put down to be able to get a mortgage. 
obviously probate properties usually haven't been touched for a number of years so require an amount of work too uh, so it's more the middle marketplace second third time movers that are looking at probate properties the investors will always be there uh, as long as they can see a margin in it now the margins in probate property are getting smaller and smaller so the investment market is disappearing to a certain degree uh, why are the margins getting smaller and smaller? Uh, we've noticed that uh, with the products that we promote properties with, which is this sell it for free service, basically, uh, the number of viewings that we get, we can end up with 20, 30 viewings on a property over a weekend because we do an open house and we go, come along, just have a look around. So we get an awful lot of people looking at our properties. And as with everything, it's uh, supply and demand. And if you've got lots of people looking at a house, everybody starts going, well, I want to buy this house. So there's lots of people interested. And we end up with multiple bidding wars uh, on properties just because of the exposure and actually getting the competition between people to push prices up. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, and you can see that the probate sector, that's why there will always be a market for probate properties because everybody loves a project. Everybody loves to turn a house into a home uh, and to the home that they desire and the way they wish for it to be. So, yeah, the demand will continue to be there for probate property, even if the second hand market, residential market tends to slow down a little bit. I think it's fair to say that the property market has got a bit of a rocky time ahead of it, Barry. To finish, uh, and I'm conscious that we're moving out of time, heading out of time, we are rolling round to the 2022 British Wills and Probate Awards in October, which you guys are headline sponsor of again this year, having been headline sponsor last year, and involved in the awards for a number of years as well. What is it about them that keeps you, you coming back for more? Um do you know what, David? The answer might surprise you a little bit. Um, they're, they're, they're good fun, first and foremost. Um, you know, Barry will tell you when in our movement made easy days, we'd go along to sort of big award ceremonies. And I appreciate it's probably part of the challenge for you, David, keeping that balance. But you'd go along to big award ceremonies and they were, you know, um, just so many people there. It was very difficult to kind of to kind of do what you need to do. But there's a certain way you've managed to set these awards up that everybody seems to enjoy themselves um and the actual evening is, is always good fun um but then you know looking at the actual awards themselves there's such a nice spread of categories um and there seems to be a, 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 a genuine um what's the word i'm looking for um sort of prosperity attached to winning one of your awards david that the people seem to take it seriously um but everyone seems to support each other and, and that's quite a unique thing in this industry that actually, yeah, people work for different law firms and yeah, sure, there's competition out there, uh, but ultimately everyone seems to celebrate each other's success. And it is very, very unique um, to, to see that. Um, and that that's why we like being involved. And, and we actually personally use the the actual event as well as a chance to take our, our clients along and, and say thank you and put on some, some entertainment. Um, and this sort of last thing about it that we enjoy is that there doesn't seem to be any sort of real pressure around the event everyone's going to enjoy themselves have some fun and, and celebrate it's very kind of you to say michael we really enjoy the awards we're incredibly grateful for all of our supporters and particularly to you guys uh, for all your support over the last couple of years uh, it's an increasingly difficult time as well because of course you supported 
uh, in the midst of the pandemic, which, uh, as we've all identified, has brought all sorts of different challenges to our to our respective businesses. That's about as much as we've got time for today. It's been really interesting to chat and hear about not just about Koi Carp, Michael, but actually about the whole of the probate industry, the whole of the property industry, and and what your thoughts are on uh, on on what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Um, thank you so much to you, Michael, and to you, Barry, for joining. The Today's Wills and Probate podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on the Today's Wills and Probate website. Thank you very much indeed for listening in and keep your ears out for our next edition. You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.